All right. L.A. Punk History with Elixir. Uh, <laughs> All right. So, the punk house in Linwood. I heard a lot about this house. It's kind of hard to imagine. So, describe for me, like, how it looks and then what happened in there. All right. So... Yeah, this is interesting because then this then this is where it ties in Julie, who you just met, my partner. So I had um like I told you before, it was like growing up, like being super close with Abe, being real close with Austin. So like uh, after like knife fight, I did this band called Mugre, which was like, you know, like kind of like uh we were definitely trying to be like, oh, this is like Latino punk, like Spanish and English, like political, like brown issues, you know, shit like we like crudos like, or like like that yeah. was like obviously like a big influence, like crudos and like or like a skitty blue and like raw. Nah, definitely not. Oh, that, more like nah, 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 more on the like kind of like yeah, taking from the like another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Rudos end of like hardcore. Okay. Like for sure on that end. I don't think we sounded like Rudos, but like that would be so we're doing that band. It's like the homie Mark, David, Ray, and Sal. And um this at South, this point Is this all from South Central? Sal from Wilmington. Okay, no. All right. Yeah. So at this point, um Austin's like working <coughs> for this nonprofit called Critical Resistance, which was like a prison abolition. Um, nonprofit, you know, they, they did a lot of work on like trying to do like prison reform and, and, and like prison abolition work and Austin Blazing. Austin, yeah, Blazing. Right. And so he's working and they have a space in um this all ties in. So like they have a space in South Central off of off of MLK and like Broadway. Mm. And uh, it's like a little spot and they have this spot called Chuko's Justice Center, which is a part of the space. And they, they do like a high school um, uh, and then they, they do like a bunch of like work around like youth justice and like around like um, the school to prison pipeline type of work with like youth and stuff like that. So Austin's like working for this nonprofit out of that center. And through that, he... Fuck, I don't even know how he would have come in. So I mean, there's a lot of crazy shit, but like, it's like, oh, could we... We throw gigs here. It's like a super small, like, up, like the room where like the gigs would be would be about like a maybe a little more rectangular than this, but about this size, like super small, like little storefront kind of like spot, like nonprofit. And they let us start throwing gigs there. So like I'm playing in Mugura at this time. Austin's doing a bunch of his own like, um, his own like solo stuff on the computer. He's like 
Yeah. You know, he has like big ass background in like black metal, so like his yeah. his like I could do my own like one man projects on the computer type <laughs> yeah. of shit. Like he's like he kind of had like a break with punk for a long time, um, and kind of was like getting back into going to shows and shit, but like hadn't quite like gone into doing his own bands, but like setting up shows there and um you know like abe at this point is in like um hit me back but he's also doing shit with uh this band aborto social uh-huh. which is like a band but also like a crew of like raw punk kids from south central and then so like at that point like as we're doing shows at chuko's justice center like a lot of the kids from south central and like from the south central like kind of like forming like raw punk community is all um is all kind of like would all kind of go to these same shows like right there like a, like a lot of the same fools that like you know like abe and like his brother a lot of the as kids like fools that would go on to be like part of like the linwood house and shit too crap you know like different yeah. kids like that um it's all happening right there while while we're doing this band mugre and um then I I move up to San Francisco for like ten months. While I'm up there, uh, like Asco starts, and they put out a tape, <coughs> and then so we're you know like that that the the seeds of like that kind of the Silencio Statico collective like that's happening. Rayosekis puts out their first tape, um, and like all this shit is cr- really starts cracking, like after I, I had left to San Francisco and I'm up there and I'm like super I was like what the fuck am I doing up here like all all my best friends are like doing the best shit you know what I mean and like yeah. so that I moved back and um and at that point they had already started tuberculosis with our homegirl Reina and Gabby so Gabby Reina Austin and Abe are doing tuberculosis Raosekis is happening Asco, I think, had just broken up. And then I moved back down and it was like, me and Austin were like, well, we, let's try to find a spot to live. And like me and him and then our other homie, Jose, who's from the Bay, but was going to school down here at UCLA. We're all like, oh, we should all try to try to find a spot to live at together. And um, Jose is like, oh, I've got this homegirl that I go to UCLA with. And um, she stays in Linwood at this spot that her parents rent out so it's basically so it was like they have a spot opening up and it was like a little spot that had three rooms and like a kind of like a little um like kitchen dining nice. room kind of thing yeah. it's, it sounds like but it's like a little kind of bootleg spot right okay so it's on long beach boulevard right, right here and like from the front from which you it just looks like a storefront it's like four like a little like a little barbershop and like some spot that sells like Herbalife type shit. Yeah. And like a little, a little office that like Julie, my partner, my now partner's parents run. So that her parents, when they came from Colombia, like the first spot they were able to buy is right there. And at first it was just like a standalone house. Eventually they built it up to where they, they like divided it all up. So the whole front is like these four storefronts for, for, so from the street, it just looks like, uh, these four little businesses yeah. and then there's like one door that you go through 
and it's like a little hallway that goes to the back and right there there's four units okay. that they rent out like three one bedroom little like boot like you know like yeah. you know the kind of spot yeah. like it's not really like meant to be like <laughs> yeah. apartments and yeah. shit but it's just like they built it up to be like that one spot that was like a little like three bedroom so me austin the homie Hossein, is like and that's how i meet julie because she's living there i think she's fresh out of ucla and she's staying right there and i was like yeah oh, she graduated so, from UCLA. yeah yeah so i meet her parents and they're like yeah you know you could rent out the spot like so me austin the homie jose move in like our homie reyna a little bit after abe moves in um and you know all of us are like doing music and art and like was that was that well, everybody went in with the mindset we're gonna do music and art or is it like kind of well, like we're already it like it all just playing and, yeah they're already doing tuberculosis and like Abe and Austin are already collaborating on like a lot of the artwork that they're doing for like flyers and like the whole like the nucleus of the Silencio Statico collective is like kind of like that. Then we all move into this spot together and then it's like, all right, like we're all in. At this point, I'm just like hustling unemployment. Austin was like maybe kind of still working, but maybe also getting unemployment. Abe has always hustled like screen printing shit. So like we're all kind of like, and you know, and then Julie's like in this other apartment, quote unquote apartment down the hall. Um, but she's also punk, like grew up in punk and like, um, like as you know, in like high school and shit. So she's like a rocker. And then, um, so at this point it's like that kind of really formed the like, all right, like let's, let's push this. Cause all of us too, we're all into like radical politics and like community organizing and shit like that. So it was like the marriage of like, well, we want to do our version of like raw punk and and all the bands we're influenced by, which is all like a mishmash of like international punk, like 80s international punk, 80s international raw punk, whatever. Like (laughs) that was our shit. And then, but also like the community aspect of it. So we were like, you know, like we'll, we'll put that together and it'll be this collective, right? And like all of us are doing bands and like doing input for artwork and helping to set up shows. Somehow, like we're able to convince Julie's parents, like, hey, can we occasionally throw gigs here? And at the time, there was like one of those storefronts that I'm talking about is empty and they're trying to rent it out. We're like, can we throw a show in there? Like while you guys are whatever, like this, I think this band from Canada Complications was on tour. And they, they were like, yeah, fuck it. Like, just try to keep things safe. Yeah, like, we'll fucking clean everything up. Like, don't even trip. You won't even know we were in here. Like, had that gig. And then from there, maybe there was, like, only one. That might have only been the first. The only time we actually did a gig in that front, like, storefront. And then we started. And they were cool with it. And, like, it went okay. And we, like, more or less on time with the rent. And, like, always respectful with them. But, like. They let us start throwing shows like in our apartment, which was like the little three bedroom apartment. So like we never had anything in the kitchen, no dinner table. No, it was just basically like an open space like this. Like maybe there was like a fucking bootleg ass dirty couch and like a beanbag or some shit like that. Maybe a table. But we never had like anything else. And so in that room, like we just started throwing shows. And that was just kind of like, yeah, that was like the Linwood house. And and, what were some bands that played there? I mean, all the bands from that era, so like Rausekis, Tuberculosis, Mata Mata, 
Um, Any band on tour? Fuck. And this this is where it starts to go into the like, damn, this was like my most high. Like, oh, okay. My <laughs> most partying. I mean, there there was for sure... You know what? Like, if it was bigger bands, like, no one was going to trust us to, like, oh, like, we've got this band on tour. Yeah. Like, let's have them. Like, if it was, like, if someone couldn't get another gig, then it would be like, oh, yeah, we'll, we got you. Like, because it, it was a, a, like, toss the hat type of spot. Yeah. We didn't charge. We barely charged. Like, maybe we charged ever. I don't remember ever. Like, <laughs> I'm sure we had the idea of, like, oh, three bucks or whatever. And, like. As soon as you start getting like a little bit drunk or high, and then someone forgets to be at the door, and then at this point it's like ah, it's a free show, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. but if there ever was like kind of a touring band, we'd we'd at least do the like, hey, everybody chip in a little bit, maybe we could scrounge up enough for like gas for that touring band. But no one would trust us to do the like, oh, we have this, and it's a fucking living room, you know? Like, yeah. you're not gonna be able to do anything like that. So, but so it was it was mostly to support the local scene. Yeah. It was mostly all local. Is there any, is there any together, and like Poliskizo and Cruel? So there's like a bunch, you know, like all the bands like doing that shit. But yeah. was there any stories where like they get getting so crazy? Oh, all the time. Every all, single yeah. show. Nah, not every single one. But there was a lot of fucking. There was a lot of fucking crazy shit. A lot of fights. A lot of like trying to stop fights. A lot of fucking. You know what the crazy shit is though throughout all that shit and because because the way it was like set up it was like the parking little parking lot in the front and then the businesses in the front but like you wouldn't know that there's places to live behind it and like so from the street we could kind of keep everybody into the like the little like backyard kind of like this little backyard and in the house maybe you'd have some people like kicking it and drinking and smoking in the like in the little like driveway parking lot and then it was like a gate that we could lock surprisingly we had very few interactions with the pigs like there wasn't a whole lot of times where it was like oh it's getting shut down but there was times where we would have to shut it down because it was getting too fucking crazy like fights would be popping off and we'd have to kick people out everybody people everybody would, leave there were the people were trying to kick out then start trying to fight and like you know, the neighbor is like kind of drunk and he's a little bit younger and he's getting kind of heated because some fools like mad dogged him in the front. Yeah. And then those fools try to start scrapping with him and then a knife gets pulled. You know, and like shit like that was like, yeah, all the time, like all that, all the time. And that was like just the shows at the Linwood. But at this point, too, is like. There's constantly shows being set up in South Central. Mm. So like a bunch of the homies lived off 68th. And Miramonte. Mm. And then you know where like the car wash is right there in yeah. Florence. So then at this point, Abe also has a screen printing shop. Yeah. And they start doing, like we start doing a punk shop, like attached to that right there in the little swap meet off the blue line, the little blue yeah, line swap yeah, meet right yeah. there. Um. So the, while that's going on, it felt like every weekend there was like within that like whatever corner of South Central, that neighborhood, like there was constantly like backyard shows. Sick. And those ones fucking were even crazier than the ones that would happen. Like how crazy, like explain how crazy. Like, like big, like, big ass brawls, constantly having to like stop shows to kind of like pull kids. Like probably, were you one of the fools that like were constantly like, trying to like separate people? Yeah, yeah, definitely. You're I was definitely not a fighter. Okay. Like if I had to get into it, 
there was a few times where I'd get in whatever, but like I'm definitely not by no means in my fighter. Like a lot of the fools around us were fucking scrappers. Like fools would get down. And uh but but for us it would constantly be like we gotta keep this show going. So hey chill, like constantly, like me, Austin julie like you know like we we constantly be the ones to be and i'm sure people would be like man why the fuck you guys always gotta like kill the vibe because <laughs> we're like come on you guys gotta chill like the show's gotta go on whatever but like for the most part it would, all, it would always just be like crazy crazy ass fights the one i do remember there was one on 68th and miramonte that like there was like two helicopters two police helicopters then in the front um you know, like the the like SWAT team style paddy wagons, like maybe two or three of those ones pulled up, a bunch of squad cars, and it's like this is a fucking punk show, you know? So what I mean? like, but had anything nothing ca- crazy nothing had happened. It. Yeah, okay. no, no, no. There was fights, and there and maybe neighbors had called the cops or some shit. There was definitely fights, and there was bullshit like that. <laughs> but at the time, it would be like you know when you knew that the cops were were pulling up, everybody would start. Happy birthday to you know, so it's gonna be like, oh, like if we try to throw it off, I don't know what the fuck we're thinking, but like, everyone starts singing happy birthday. It's like, oh, this is just like a birthday party or some shit like that. But like that night, it was fucking, I wanna say maybe a couple people had gotten detained, but I don't remember. We were all fucking burnt out, high, drunk, you know, like, um, but yeah, there, yeah, that, that type of shit was like constant, but it was also like the energy. And like the community, it wasn't all like crazy. It was like a lot of really beautiful shit happened. And like, even like around that shit, like a lot of the homies did have kids or like, not that the kids were always at that, but there were some homies that had kids and they're bringing to the show. So like, even though there was always that like raw aspect of it, that like, yeah, there was a lot of violence and there was a lot of self-destruction and like people getting super fucking wasted, fucked up all the time. There was also like, it was also balanced out with this like real community. Everybody looks out for each other. Some, the some, homies some that have kids, there, would, yeah. yeah, a lot, a lot yeah. for sure. So there was like, there was like always a lot of that shit together. And, how and that you, was like a cool like, yeah, maybe like two, three year, two. Like year a cool era. Yeah, a cool era for how sure. How did the Lumen House end? Um. Oh, never mind. No, 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 uh, not uh, even uh, like that. It was definitely, like, you know, all of us, like, are working together to this shit, you know what I mean? Like, we're all, like, very, like, all right, this is our collective. We're, like, living together, like, anarchist ideals, and we're, like, you know, this family. But, you know, everyone has their own bullshit, and, like, we started probably getting real burnt out, and maybe, like, Julie's parents are starting to get, like, fed up with our shit, too, because, like, we're not taking care of the place. It was, like, a combination of things. But, like, you know, like, any organic thing like that, people start to spread apart. Or, like, oh, fuck, they're going to move out. And now they're going to move out. Who was the last person to be there? Me and Julie. Really? Yeah, just the two of us. Same. And then, because by that point, I had already moved into her apartment. Like, I, I, <laughs> I swindled my way into her apartment, like, a few months into, like... Me, me being in the, the like main apartment where all of us lived, she was living with her homegirl and then she was by herself in this little like bootleg one bedroom apartment. And, and we start dating like early on in, in those days. And like, uh, I had met her at some other gig at, at Chuko's at the, at the South Central, um, spot where like kind of like all the shit first started forming. 
so I, I hustled my way into her apartment like pretty early on, which is cool because like we're we're still together and this shit like we talk about that. We made it work. We made it, we made it work, but like we were the last two there, and so, so like little by little people moved out, and then that was like the end of that shit. And um, did Blazing have started like during the end of the tour or like wait? No, uh, Blazing I would have started like maybe like two years after that. And you learned to play drums for Blazing Air, right? I mean, I had always fucked around. Like I was always, like I told you, I was always like playing bass in bands. But if it was like we were taking a break, yeah. I was always like, oh, I'm gonna sit on the drums and play. Cause I, I feel like drums was always the first thing I wanted to play as a kid. Yeah. But I never had access to like a drum set or like somewhere to play but you, drums. Like, so this was the first band you actually like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I think I played for like cover band, Halloween cover bands. Okay. I played drums for a few of our, of our, like we would do like a Halloween. Yeah show every year and I, w- I would play drums for a couple of the cover bands for that oh yeah yeah so but so bla- but blazing out was the first actual band that i played drums in yeah. is it is it me or was like were you guys or uh, i mean i'm not the right person probably to say it but but you guys were one of the first like bands like to like like to just be like an like a band not from japan doing japanese hardcore <laughs> like at the time uh no nah, there were for sure other bands no like there was for sure other bands about the time like you guys were like Kind of bringing that shit up, like bringing back up. I mean, I maybe. Are you just, I hate to say that because I know yeah. someone somewhere is gonna be like, no, but this mm. band was doing it. And I know, like, I can't <laughs> think off the top of my. But there was for sure, like, I feel like that era too, and like coming off like the Linwood House era, like all of us like really pushed this whole like underground like '80s international punk. And it was like early days of like finding shit on the internet. So all of us would like find like, have you heard this fucking demo by this obscure? You know, we were definitely like on that trip. So like anything be like, look at all this. And there was that website, Kill From The Heart, that did like a comprehensive list of bands by continent. So you could go on that website and like North America, Japan, South America, Europe, like, and you'd go through and it would just have like, you know, we would fucking nerd out on that shit and just anything we could find that wasn't like your stereotypical, like England, US punk, like we were on the search for that shit. So all the bands at that time, whether, you know, you'd have this band influenced by like all oh, Brazilian punk or fucking like, you know, whatever, Mexican punk, South American punk, obviously like this Spain. And that was like, I feel like that was a big thing. Like, you know, like a lot of the, punk scene outside like would and i've heard you talk about this in like other episodes but it was like oh you know the east la punk scene and like no one lived in east la but like everyone outside is like oh brown punks so they're all from east la you know what i mean but it was like you know it's like oh they sing in spanish and they like escorbuto and rip and fucking like all these you know paralysis and stuff like that but but um i feel like just all of us being like so obsessive about you know because like you could you could find like all of the english shit and all the american shit but as the internet is early in that so it was like fuck but you could find like there's like hundreds and hundreds of these bands that are like obscure to most of the larger world of punk at some point it feels unlimited it is unlimited but all of that deserves shine because it's fucking amazing and has like cool fucking art and politics and like the whole shit so like all of us are super into that and i feel like everybody at a certain point at in though it was like oh we're good this is gonna be our ode to brazilian punk 
This um, band is going to be like the band that sounds like Finland meets Norway. This band is, you know, so at that point it was like Austin had just moved into E7. Mm-hmm. And Sam starts coming. So by this point in the punk, in the Sam punk era, <laughs> the raw punk Sam is who I was like, hey, I remember you from like the hardcore shows <laughs> yeah. back in the day, you know, when I'd play a knife fight or whatever. And um, and he, I think, had also maybe had just moved back from like living up north. I think he did time a little bit in Sacramento because I think oh, yeah, Nash yeah. Talks from up there, right? Oh, he had just, and lived, he lived, he in just San lived everywhere. And he lived, yeah, he lived yeah. all over, right? But I think he had just kind of like moved back to LA and was like, all right, I'm in LA. He'd quit trash talk. Yeah. Um, by this point, I think he's already, for sure, had already started condition because I remember seeing them like at the at the swap the floor and swap meet where we had the shop right so, there. So like they played in in the like little driveway right there, and so I remember meeting him. And at this point, like I said, Austin's at E7 and Austin hits me up and he's like, hey, I know you're not doing any bands right now. Me and Sam are thinking about doing this project where we're, it's just like influenced by Japanese flexi, like obscure early mid eighties, Japanese flexi, raw punk or whatever. Would you want to play drums? And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I'm down. I'm super down. And according to Austin, I think Ulysses, who all of us at this point, like I'd met him in Long Beach, like I told you earlier, like I'm Ulysses, he's Ulysses. And yeah. people would always like, they'd go up to him and be like, hey, you're that kid that plays in like these straight edge bands or like, you're straight edge? He'd be like, what the fuck? And <laughs> if you know him, it's like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> but people would come up to me also at shows being like, hey, you're Ulysses? Be like, yeah. And he'd be like, hey, can you hook up? Whatever kind of <laughs> drugs, these drugs. And I'd be like, nah, that ain't me. <laughs> yeah. Then years later we meet and it's like, oh, you're the other Ulysses. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> yeah. Austin says that he's like kicking it at E7th and he's like, what? You guys are doing this band? I'm I'm playing bass. And Austin was just like, oh, okay. He was just like, all right, you're going to do this band. I'm, I'm on bass. And so that's kind of like, that's how it formed that. And maybe, uh, I think Sam and Austin had already had the demo tape because they recorded that yeah. just the two of them. Austin played drums and maybe sang and I don't know if Sam did both guitar and bass or who but I know for sure, sure played drums. I know for sure Austin played drums and sang. Austin played drums? Yeah, Austin played drums on the demo. Even though Sam is a is a, a drummer. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. And that was kind of like a really fucking intimidating thing for me. Cause like Austin, you know, has been like musician. You know, loosely musician, like for as long as I've known him because of all the like black metal shit and all that. But like to be in a playing drums in a band with Sam, who's obviously like basically a professional drummer. Yeah. And then Austin, who's like a a punk professional drummer. I was like, fuck. Like I was kind of shook, but I was like determined to be like, all right, well, if I'm going to do this, like I'm going to learn how to do this. And so it's like it pushed me to be like, nah, I'm going to fucking play drums. It's crazy that Sam told me when I like this past weekend that he had learned he had like not played a guitar. For Blazing Eye, like he hadn't, he, hadn't, he hadn't been in a band like playing live guitar until Blazing Eye, and he was nervous. I thought he played guitar in condition, though. Mm-hmm. I know he played guitar in or, condition. Oh, well, that's what he told I think me. that, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but like, but I think like, it was he, all around the same time. Him just being nervous of like, like, I want to keep it up. You know yeah, what I mean? like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was just crazy because you were feeling the same way. I think all of us kind of had that shit. Because Ulysses even would 
technically be more of a guitar player. He's like a really amazing guitar mm. player. And then he played bass. And then Sam, who's like a fucking incredible drummer, playing guitar. And then me, who like, I've never really played drums in a band. And then Austin had never like fronted. really fronted a band. So all of us were kind of doing something a little bit out of our comfort zone, sure. for sure. But all of us, yeah, probably having that same feeling that Sam had. Was, <laughs> oh, fuck. Like, I got, I got to keep this up, you know? So yeah. that kind of like pushed all of us to like, obviously like really work it. But yeah, so that's, that's East at that, that point. Yeah. Austin at East 7th. And then, yeah, that was 2013. So yeah. Yeah. And then the rest is yeah. 10 years, 10 years 10 later. 10 years later. You guys are still playing. Yeah. Not as often as we still did sick. in those still like sick. early, but, um, when is the LP coming out? That's what we want. That's what I want to know. I, uh, <laughs> I mean, that's the shit is, is like between me, like, being busy with like family life and like all that shit and like all of us are all really busy in our own ways like yeah. i'm the only one that has a kid but like you know obviously sam is like kind of now but he's he's <laughs> flopped back and forth between like fuck this shit i'm done with touring like i want to be home and have a home base and then he's home and <laughs> has a home base and is like gets right. that itch <laughs> i need to be back on the road so like especially like the last well obviously like with covid starting up that kind of like slowed everything down for everybody but then once shit started kicking back up again sam got the gig doing the turnstile stuff and started taking other like touring either like filling in or doing tech stuff so like at this point we're all like we fit it in where we can and it's like oh so and so wants us to play this one show and so like like we kind of like we'll get on a good run of like practicing for a long time together and like putting like so we've got like new songs that we've been working towards the idea of an lp for uh, probably like two years now really it hasn't been that long it's been longer i feel like it's been longer. maybe it's been three years no nah, because i feel but, like but, it was like but, towards the end of 2020 that we were like all right let's start doing this again but like is it gonna more, come is it, is it, i don't fucking know and we have four songs that we've been playing live for the past year and a half yeah that are new and we have like maybe like two or three other songs like mostly completed and then some skeleton ideas so but it, it all just depends if we can all be in the same room at the just, same time like, like just like be like one out. week like all of us right are just in our own trip too right now i wish we we could at least take the easy route right now and be like well let's record these like five songs and just do a seven inch so we're back and forth between like let's just take what we've got and we like these songs. Let's just put it out on a, on another seven inch. But then there's part of us that's like, oh, nah, you should we save it? I know I. But if we, I feel like we, if we have that mindset, it'll be like another fucking two years before. But it'd be like uh, it'd be like an unfinished business type thing where it's like blazing out, like 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 those goals. Like they finally have their LP out. You know what I mean? Like yeah, but that's their second LP. Oh, this is like yeah. Sorry. We've only then, done like tapes. yeah. That's what we've, I'm been, we've been a band for ten years. And you only have and, and I think we have like. A total of like maybe almost I don't know like ten songs? almost twenty songs twenty yeah because we've definitely stopped playing a few of them yeah. but maybe in total if you like went through like these are all the songs like you've every ever song you ever wrote it's only like twenty it's songs. like twenty songs in ten years so that's like pretty fucking that's like a bad just that's bad, year. That's yeah. bad numbers so I feel like that a lot of the other bands are like way more prolific we're just slow just as like we're all getting busy with like other shit. But we're all super still. Fingers like, crossed. Yeah, I hope Fingers so. Fingers crossed. So we'll see what happens. Blazing LP twenty. I'm gonna put that on Sam. Yeah. Tell Sam to to stay home more. Yeah. <laughs> or just like, or write it and just like, and just go like, be like one week in the studio, just like 
Not even we one, did, one we were trying to do that for a bunch too and then all this other personal shit up for like all of us like has come up so it's kind of like slowed things down but we'll see i hope i hope so all right because yeah we all still love doing it so yeah blazing lp 2024 manifesting yo what's good laughing out dilator the best the craziest the rawest the littest <laughs> the fucking best podcast that ever existed in the history of the world because we speak the truth and nothing but the truth. Give us a five star. Help us out. Fucking, I don't know. Just help us out. You know, this, this shit. This is tiring after a while. You know, I'm, I'm fucking. I'm tired. I'm tired of. I'm tired of just. I'm tired of, of living and I'm tired of fucking <laughs> doing this fucking podcast. But it's fine. All right, might pull some fucking sponsors. Yeah, yeah. We got ads, but like, dude, yesterday, like, well, I don't even know what the fuck. Maybe I don't know what it is. I need to get like. I don't want to be that guy where I need to get high, pro- high profile guests. Yeah. But like, dude, I usually make twenty five bucks a month off of ads, which is nothing. But it, but but it's like hell. Like it pays yeah. pays a lunch between me and my lady. And then like this, yesterday, I only got paid like twelve bucks. I'm like, damn, that shit that shit went in half. It's part of your phone bill, I guess. It's <laughs> like, dude, not even do phone bills are now expensive. Yeah. But now I only got twelve bucks. That's why I got the fucking flip phone. Dude, I don't know how, how do you are we gonna get into it how you text me and everything I was like cause you know I was telling my girlfriend I was like cause I think I was calling you yesterday I was like I was like can you text me and I was like I was like I don't I was like no I mean it makes more sense now when you're like oh I'm I'm 20 and then you're like oh you know like 5 years ago is when I started going thinking like okay so like you've only known like smartphones oh yeah like dude when I was a kid iPhone 6 was like the thing <laughs> so, so like I mean even then I was like super late on the on the cell phone game like until I moved out of my mom's house and even after that like even then like at the first like punk house we lived at like we had a fucking house, house phone with like an answering machine and shit like it wasn't until I moved out of that house that I got a cell phone so I was already probably like 19 almost 20 before I got my first cell phone and that was that's all it was it was like fucking not even like flip phones but like the bricks and shit have you, ever, yeah, you have, text and, have you ever had a, like a touchscreen phone I have like an iPod, like the touch touchscreen iPod. But you've never had like, a, you never had a, your own phone, like a phone like that. No, why? Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Thirty dollars for this shit, and I don't know. I think I just didn't want to get like caught up with like you know what it probably for real was like at at certain points you like people that I worked with or like you, you like when everybody had smartphones like when it was like the the first shit and everyone was. Like, if you'd go out with people or, like, go out to lunch with, like, your coworkers or some shit like that, you'd be at a table, like, five people, and, like, everybody's looking at their fucking phone. And I'd just be sitting there like, man, y'all are fucking whacked. Like, this is, I never want to get caught up in this shit. You, know you don't even want to look at memes? How do you look at memes? I mean, I see them. I do have a, I do have a Facebook. Damn, see, I like, know that's, like, super that's outdated. Hell, and, like, yeah. some people are still on there, and, like, I'll see some shit, like, I People send me memes all the time. Like some people told me, someone told me he's like, he's like, I forgot I was trying to get some. I do again. have to get my like internet cheesemans from from whoever else. No, I don't even have Twitter, and I'm like, damn, like I have a fucking whole functioning as iPhone with Instagram. Yeah, but then even then, it's like fools out Twitter on some other shit. Yeah, and I'm just like, what? Like, I was like, <laughs> like so I mean, I don't yeah. know. That shit, no, that's crazy though. Yeah. But um, and you're not even that old. No, and you know what's crazy? In, well, you're old, only in punk years. What year were you born? 83. Damn, you're almost my mom's age. Fuck. That's crazy. <laughs> Damn. No, but you have a young spirit. Yeah, I, I yeah. do. When, when, um, when I asked him, I was like, oh, how do I get in contact with, uh, <laughs> with the drummer? He's like, oh, he doesn't. I'm like, he's like, oh, yeah, because they're all like, they're all in their 40s. I'm like, what? I was like, uh, you look young. 
Especially from afar. And I'm the yeah, we were making fun of him the other day. We were like, damn fool, you're the only one in the band that's not in their forties and he's like, Yeah, that's right, like mid thirties or whatever, <laughs> like whatever. No, yeah, but like yeah, yeah, but you do look young. Thank you. Say. So so wait, wait. I even give a proper direction. My guest today oh, is Elisa's sure. Elisa's Cooney. How you doing? Chill, chill. Drummer for Blazing Eye. What do you do in Night Fight? I play bass. Bass and everything night before all the other bands were always bass. You cause cause bass is the easiest? Uh nah. Damn, I I know a lot of people say that and like technically like maybe in my head I'd be like, yeah, kind of, but like No, it was it was because the first band that I was gonna join already had like, oh I'm playing guitar, oh I'm playing drums. And it was like, Well, fuck it. Like I and I didn't have a, a bass and it was like, Well, I wanna play so I'm just gonna buy a bass off of this kid that like doesn't use their bass no more. And like I'm left-handed, so it was like bought a right-handed one and like restrung it and was just like, oh, I guess I'm just playing bass. Like it just it just happened. So are you good at bass? Like sure. you play like we're hot chili peppers on this shit? No, no, no. I don't know how to play like funk bass or slap. I mean, I think I'm alright. I think well, I'm good enough for for what we do or for like punk shit or whatever. Like, but you're yeah, not. But I'm now right. you're known as a drummer, blazing it. That's why. That's why I saw you. I was like, oh, like because I saw you at the. I've seen you around, and I've always thought you look cool, like, with, like, with the hair and, like, those dangling, you know, I was like, this guy looks sick, and then I'm like, but then I was just, and, and like, I, 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 like, I was like, I was trying to think of it, I was like, how, well, I was like, because I, be, a couple, if you would, a couple months ago, I would have been like, I need to have a person for a certain reason, you know what I mean, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. a record coming out or something, I'm like, you know what, whoever looks cool, <laughs> and I can have a conversation with, and then I saw you had a kid, and I was like, wait, I was like, and I thought you were younger. So okay. I was like, is this a young dad drummer in Blazing Eye? And I was <laughs> yeah. like, like, this is going to be like crazy. But um, you're a punk rocker. Yeah. You're Mexican. Yes. You have a crazy life. And I'm pretty, and you have a kid. So I'm pretty sure you got some wise and, and you got some stories to tell. Uh, sure. All right, but it's good to begin. Where, you, where were you born and where were you raised and how was your childhood? And I was born in LA, born in Chinatown. Say. Raised in Lincoln Heights. Um... Childhood was cool. I mean, it's like, you know, like, kind of like we talked about earlier. It's like, to yeah. tell the story, it's like, it's it was crazy. You know what I mean? But like, it was the only childhood I knew. So like, looking back on it, I'm like, oh, it was cool. Like, I lived with my my grandparents, my tias, my tios, and my mom. Like, I didn't grow up with my biological dad, like we had talked about. Yeah, you can explain again just for a little Oh, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, yeah. Grew up in Lincoln Heights. Um, first generation. My mom was born in Mexico. She came over here with my grandma when she was like 16, 17. Um, and they always stayed in Lincoln Heights. So I grew up in Lincoln Heights with them. But yeah, we all lived in the same house. Like my grandma, grandpa, me and my mom shared a room. And then like, cause my tias and my tias, they were all like in di different ages. You know what I mean? Like the youngest one is only seven years older than me. And then my mom is the oldest one. Um, so it would be like all in between whoever was living at the house at the time, but it could be like six of them and then like grandma, grandpa, me and my mom. Like in like this small house. Traditional you know I mean? Mexican household. Yeah, 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 for sure. But it, so for me, it was like, it was super cool, but like also only the youngest tia was born here. Everybody else was born in Mexico, but like a lot of them on the younger end, like had pretty much, you know, like pretty much came here as like little, little kids. So like, Kind of like a weird blend of like kind of Chicano, but also like first generation. You know what I mean? Like so like, just like yeah, straight not, and not yeah, I guess. But so like a traditional Mexican household, but then the kids like my tias and tios like 
were very like East LA, like yeah. Lincoln Heights, like Chicano. You know what I mean? Jake like Cortez. Yeah. Not even so much like that. They were kind of like it was funny. I was like thinking about it. Um, I guess if for like the '80s or whatever, you could say like maybe they were kind of like almost chipsters. You know, what I mean? like they. What is that? Like Chicano hipsters? Oh, okay, you know, what yeah, I mean? yeah. for like the time, but it was like also like so many people in the, you know, it's like I didn't know. It's yeah, it like a gang neighborhood, and it was like hood, and is fucking like a lot of gang shit cracking, like especially on our block. But there was also like a lot of fucking weirdos and kids that like listened to fucking Depeche Mode and The Cure and The Smiths, and like there right. was like people into like subculture shit too, and so like I feel like my Tias and Theos that I kicked it with and I kicked it with all of them all the time like most of their friends and like them were all kind of like into their own weird trips like they weren't like you know like they weren't caught up in like neighborhood shit and they were just kind of like go to school and like had weirdo friends and were like into cool movies and like cool shit you know yeah. what I mean so like I definitely got my shit from them like it was very much like you know cause like I lived there with my mom but she constantly worked so like i really like don't remember like hanging out with my mom a whole lot like she was obviously around and like we shared a fucking bedroom and like so i'd you know i'll cuddle with her at night and like whatever and, and like we'd hang out but like i was the tag along with my tias you know what i mean like uh, so like my grandma would be like oh si van a sal salir los, los tienes que llevar you know what I mean? Yeah. So they'd take me with them. Oh, so you were like really close so to them. So I was mom. like, yeah, I was, I was like, I was always like super close to, to them. So like I was the tag along with them. So like whatever they were into, I was like, oh, and they were all like super, each of them into the, like their own shit, but all really into like music and like move films and like, you know, just, just had like, an eye for stuff. Yeah. 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 Not yeah. Just so like, I, yeah. yeah. So I got like a lot of inspiration. Like if like that's how I came into like whatever, like for me, it was like, just them like listening to U2 or like Depeche Mode and The Cure and like, you know, fucking George Michael was like huge in the in the household. But then like also my grandparents like listening to, you know, like Rancheras and Mariachi and like Luis Miguel. So like we had yeah. both yeah. going on in the household. But um, and then for me, like I feel like a lot of the shit too was like for punk stuff from a young age was always like more visual. So like in the in like the you know the like eighties movies, there was always like a fucking punk or like you know psycho like Build whatever kind of like character yeah. that was like some kind of subculture like skater, skinhead, fucking punk rocker, goth. You know what I mean? And like that always like held my attention. Like in in those movies, I'd be like, "Fuck, these fools look super cool," and like they're the coolest character in the movie. You know what I mean? Like. Or like the skaters or whatever. So like from a young age, I was like always drawn to it. But I can't say that I was like, oh, from like a young age, I was a punk. Like that came like later. But um, definitely like their influence and like the music that they listened to. But you're a rocker. Yeah, yeah. They were all like rockers in their yeah. own weird way yeah, yeah. too. So, okay. so like, yeah, definitely from, but, out, but also like, you know, early 90s. And they were all, you know, bumping fucking NWA and Too bumping hard. like. Tupac and bumping Ice Cube and Dre and Snoop. So, like, they also had all those CDs. Okay. And that shit and was all cracking, too. So, like, I got all of that stuff in fucking early 90s in the hood and shit. Yeah, like, you're raised good. You're, you're fucking, you know, like, uh, all the fucking, all the homies on the block, you're either hearing, like, and it was cool because, like, we lived right next door to this, um, 
It was called Booth, and I forget like what it, I don't know like which organization would run it, but it was basically like where like teen moms would go and have like a spot to stay. Uh, maybe while they were pregnant, they would get like a spot to stay at, and maybe they'd like help young young um, moms with like help try to keep them on track to like finish high school or like you know like get to live there like when their kids were young or whatever. So it's like we live right next door to it, like the driveway to to like where we stayed. It was just like a, a fence, and then it was like the back of that building, and so like all day long it would be like all the gangsters from like the hood like coming to visit their ladies you know what i mean so like yeah. low riders and all that shit so you'd either get like whatever shit was popping at the time so like you all the fucking like death row like fucking like west coast rap or like oldies yeah and then you have like the weirdos in the neighborhood that are like listening to depeche mode and the cure and stuff like that so it's like this weird blend and I feel like I took all that on. Like I still love all that shit. Like I stay listening to like oldies and fucking rap. New wave. And fucking new wave and like all that shit got stuff, whatever. And punk obviously. But um How do you think it affected you being raised by women? And like and like seeing like how like seeing what's the word, like the vulnerability of women, like, you know, being like growing up next yeah, to that yeah, center, yeah. like like cause like even like I'm gonna share my like so yeah, you can understand. Yeah, for sure, no. Uh, like I was raised by my sister, and my mom. Or, like mm-hmm. we grew up together. Yeah. So like you know I get my ass beat by my mom, and you know what I mean yeah. like and like and all yeah, you know yeah. what I mean like so like I never like saw women as like like in, is it inferior or is it or, I never saw women as less. You know what I mean? Right. Like, no. Because it's sure. like like I come home and it's like my mom's gonna whoop my yeah, ass. You know what I mean? Like yeah, who's gonna whoop your ass? But also who's fucking taking care of you? Yeah, exactly. You know so it's yeah. like I never saw like women as being capable of anything. Right. Of so growing up, like I, I would see like. You know, like kids, you know, boys start being boys, girls start being yeah, girls, yeah, and like you see, like the kid, like you know, pulling some girls' hair because they're flirting. You know what I mean? Or like, and then in high school, you see like the typical, like, oh, I'm, like I'm cool and I'm not gonna pay attention to you, so you can pay attention to me, like type, you know, like dynamic. And I'm just like, and I'll be like, like, and I like that was new to me, seeing that going to school and be like, you know what I mean? Like that kind of hits you, where it's like, oh, yeah. like, like it's like my mom went through this, you know what I mean? But like I thought my mom was like, yeah, you know what I mean? Like yeah. the most like feared person yeah, in, the, yeah, in the world you know what I mean like, sure, for sure. like how was that like growing up seeing like women are the ones putting you on seeing like what they're going through but then like you're growing up to be a man in your own yeah, way yeah. I mean it was super fucking cool like I'm looking back on it I'm like really really grateful because I think like that obviously instilled from a young age and like not to say that like yeah cause like as a fucking young man growing up in this world like you're still gonna fall victim to the traps of like stereotypical male bullshit sexist bullshit you know what i mean like patriarchal shit like it's up to you to challenge that because it's always going to be in you if it, if you're like surrounded by it in the, yeah. in the culture like it's there you know what i mean but like super grateful to have them because i feel like they put me on like you said to like culture and cool shit but they also put me on to like they would you know what i mean like Nah, you fucking pick up after yourself. You help out around the house. You're like, you know what I mean? So if if anything, they ra- raised me with like that kind of like sensitivity and like empathy, but also like they were fucking hard asses. You know what I mean? Like, and so like, I love, yeah, getting raised by like tough ladies and that shit's super fucking cool. And I feel like it's like really, really influential to me gl- growing up. But like, 
yeah, they wouldn't take no shit. And it would be like, you know, maybe, you know, like my grandma and grandpa and like they had a very fucking traditional, you know, Mexicano relationship. And it was, you know, like when he was a heavy drinker and like I know there was violence there. And like, obviously, like they had the very like male female dynamics of like the household. But like, you know, even starting with my mom and all of like my tias and tios, it was like that was like the first generation to be like, nah, we're going to do things a little bit differently. Yeah. We see this, but we're our own weird. And so like, and for me, I was like, not just raised by like, I was raised by all of them. You know what I mean? Like the whole family and shit. So like, they were always very like, nah, you pull your weight. Like you help out around the house. Like just cause you're a, a guy doesn't mean that you don't like, if we fucking cook and we clean and we, you know, provide, like, that's what you're going to learn to do. Yeah. So, like, if anything, like, I'm really lucky that I that I had that, you know what I mean? Because I feel like I still, like, to, with, like, my relationship now, it's, like, the same shit. It's, like, it's equal. Like, I do shit, you do shit. We both provide. Like, we are both equals and we both have our own shit. And in the same thing with, like, raising our daughter, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I want her to see that, too. And it was, like, cool. He has, like, nine, you know, my grandma and grandpa had nine kids one gay son one gay aunt or like my yeah, yeah. You know what i mean so it's like it was all it's like such a cool like weird mix like it, yeah, yeah it, was, it was really it was really fucking cool but but as far as like so like i had all of them and like all the culture coming around but like when i for when the things that were like oh but this is my shit it was like i think maybe like fourth grade and me and a homie um, and like, I always went to Catholic school as a kid and, uh, me and a homie where it was like, I think I, maybe we had like a sleepover or some shit. Maybe his dad took us to the mall or we went to like a music store or somewhere, whether it was Sam Goodyear, like the warehouse or some shit like that. And I remember it was like, oh, like Cypress Hill, Black Sunday was like the hot new tape. And I was like, we're like, all right, we're going to all get this tape together. Like the three homies and like, we'll split it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you keep it sometimes, like you get it sometimes. And then, like, around the same time, I went to the mall with my, one of my tias, and I was, like, at the at the whatever music store, and it was, like, the first Rage Against the Machine was out. So I was like, oh, will you buy this for me on tape? My mom would never let, you know, like, buy this for me or, like, let me have this shit. So, like, those were the two things, the first things, and then, like, a little bit after, like, Dookie on cassette so green the, like those three were the like oh this shit is mine though and like this is now like my identity and like obviously like all the things that like led up to those points where they're like oh but this shit is now like this is my stuff you know what i mean so it's like the, those oh, were the three how old were you then when you when you got those three cassettes i would have probably been like nine eight nine nine thing and, and you said you were you were drawn to like image were you just would you start kind of like messing with like dressing punk no Nah, I mean, I, I feel like because, like, you know, I feel like I constantly just remember being in a uniform just because I was at Catholic school. Uh. But, like, you know, after school or on the weekends, like, my mom and whatever clothes that, like, my family members would give me. So, like, I kind of had a, a, like, little style of what they would want. To yeah, yeah, like, yeah. oh, here's some chucks and here's, like, this kind of, like, you know, whatever. And how do we start rebelling when it's like, are, are, I mean, are you still religious? No, no. So, like, how do we were just, like, fucks, fuck God and fuck school and fuck everything? So, when when my mom got married 
And then we, so at that point, um, my stepdad or my, my adopted dad, my dad for all. The dad that stepped up. Like the one that stepped up. He's my, he's the only, like my grandpa was really like the first male figure who was, my grandpa really was my dad. Like I grew, I was like his little homie. Like he picked me up from school and like, we just fucking be driving around and he would just, you know, I was so it's like that which kind of like leads into so when my mom actually got married and he was living out in Glendora. And so it was like, well, they got married and I was like, okay, well now we're married. And they did it like the, the like, right. Like she didn't move in. We didn't move in with him before they got married. It was like, they straight up got yeah, married. Old school. And yeah, yeah. And then we got to move over cause it would have been what, right. But, um, like they always tell this, this story that like my grandpa was like, okay, si ya te vas, ya te vas. Pero él se queda aquí. Él vive aquí y se va a quedar. So like, you know, he was very much like, nah, all right, you're going to get married. You're, you're taking off. Like you're going to move out with your husband. All good. But we've raised him here. So he stays with us. And I remember my, like my grandma tells me, she's like, that's loco. Like you're fucking crazy. Like yeah. she's taking her kid. Right. So moving out to Glendora, which I don't know if you know a whole lot about it, Glendora. I know. I so it's that. like, it's like, um, that's not Glendora, maybe, right? No, 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 no. Glendora's way cooler than Glendora. Glen- Glendora's like 30 minutes east of, okay. of like downtown. Okay, okay. I guess now it would probably, probably with more traffic, whatever, but like 20, 25 miles or some shit east. So like, fuck, it's a, it's a crazy, like, oh, a super white, like mixed class, but mostly like solidly middle class, but definitely like a lot of rich kids. And, and so getting used to being out there was probably what drove the like, oh, like fuck this shit. You know what I mean? Like it was the first time that I had really experienced racism. The first time, like, fuck, you know, like even though I went to Catholic school, I went to Catholic school in the hood. It was like right across the street from the projects, like a crazy gang neighborhood too. And like, it was probably like 90% latino kids like a handful of asian kids from the neighborhood sprinkled that i don't think there was i don't at least remember not one white kid maybe there was like one or two black families but for sure like i don't think there was any white people in, in that yeah. school I know you're talking and like that. at the time in lincoln heights it was like it was all mostly mexicans like some other like like latinos sprinkled in chinese folks and vietnamese <sighs> folks so like until moving out to glendora you know, like, I'm not around that at all. So it was like a total fucking culture shock. And, um. There was no more music, no more Tupac, no more. Nah, Lola, it no wasn't, more. it wasn't like that. So I was kind of like on my own over here. And, and that's when I probably like started, you know, cause I, I, I started middle school out there. And that's when it was probably like, you know, like, it's funny, like me and my mom could talk about it now, but it's like, oh, I, I was probably fucking depressed going through it you know what i mean like an uncle had just passed away like we moved out to this place that i fucking hate like i had a little sister born with like a like a crazy heart congenital heart condition that we weren't sure if she was you know it's just like a crazy time as like Uh, yeah for you know being a fucking 12 year old and like being pushed into this shit you're like dude you like as an adult we don't know how to deal with like crazy situations like this you know what i mean so like at that age, like I could look back on it now and be like, oh, you were fucking depressed and you were like dealing with all this shit you don't know how to deal with. 
So like that's like before that I was always like really good in school, like honor student, like extracurricular activities and all that shit. And then we were out there, it was like my grades started dropping and like I just didn't fucking care about that was shit. Was there low key you know? racism ever? Oh, there was nothing low key about oh. it. It was high key. Like it was really? all high key. Fuck yeah. Like what? Oh, like a story or something. Like, like probably like the one that like we remember is like there was this one kid that's like, oh, you're you're Mexican or whatever. Like, yeah, I'm Mexican. Or whatever. He's like, oh, like I don't remember if he had said it because I remember it was like we knew his like parents and like my my mom and dad like knew his parents from like church and like the school because I went to Catholic school out there too. But like he had said something to the effect of like, oh, I think all fucking Mexicans and all immigrants need to be put in a pit. Or whatever, and it was just like, oh, so you could just deal with shit like that. Like, you'd. How would like, you react? Like, because since this is your first time dealing with white people, it's your first time dealing with racism. Like, I, I think for sure I'd be like, oh, fuck you. Like, I would talk shit back. And there was like the. Once I kind of got used to that school, and like, I kind of was like, at first, like, I kind of was like, okay, like, I don't fuck with you, and I don't fuck with you. And like, maybe at first it would try to, you know, like, if we played on the same team for sports or whatever, some shit. But then, like, once I found my clique, it was, like, this Ecuadorian kid. Okay. Like, the other couple <laughs> Mexican kids, this Korean fool. <laughs> this one white boy who's, like, super sweet, like, really nice kid, but a fucking nerd. You know, so it was, like, we had <laughs> yeah. our, our own little crew, right? And so, like, once I found them. The others, yeah. It yeah, it was, like, the others, you know. But, like, we kind of had our own, like, we would talk shit back. Yeah. Like, we would talk shit. Like, fuck That's you, fools. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, fucking... You know, the rich kids and, like, the rich white kids and shit like that. So we would we would definitely, like, talk shit back, for sure. At first, I was probably shy and, like, didn't know how to take it. But I definitely, like, learned to be like, well, I've got us. And, like, we could talk shit back or whatever. But and then when did you become a punk rocker? Like, right around that time. So, like, there, you know, like, by this point, I already had those tapes that we talked about. Like, so, like, Cypress Hill. And I'm fucking with, like, Raging Against the Machine super hard. And that's, like, obviously, like, huge at that point. And then, like, Dookie, Dookie was probably the one where it was like, oh, shit, like, okay, because, like, before that, like, my, you know, like, my aunts in their CD collection, there, maybe there's, like, a Clash CD in there, or, like, that one Ramones Mania CD, yeah. you know, like, that Greatest Hits CD. So, like, that stuff was there, and, like, I knew about it, but, like, when it was like, ooh, this is mine, it was, like, Dookie, and then, like, maybe there were some cool kids, like, at that school, and, like, some of the girls that were into, like, maybe like no doubt right before they blew up and it was like they had their like moment so it's like and then it would be like oh what's this and that but like so dookie was the one for sure but when it was like oh okay this is like now it's all downhill and like i'm obsessed like the what was it toy machine you know like uh -huh. skating so like i started skating at the same time oh, when yeah. i got there like i kind of skated a little bit in the hood like before we moved out but skating and punk shit, that was like the hand in hand. So once I started skating and I had got the uh, the Toy Machine video, Welcome to Hell. I don't know if you've seen yeah, yeah. that video. So it's like that has Misfits in it. Like Misfits like starts off the first part in there. And then, but the, you know, so it was like, that was like, what the fuck is this? So it was like, then it goes into like a fucking the, the rabbit hole of like, all right, well now I'm just like obsessed with this shit. And um, so at that point, like in middle school, so like twelve, you, you started dyeing your hair and shit, like cutting hair. Nah, time. nah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You're have still dressing the same, but just like being into this shit on the side. Yeah, I mean, I guess you know, I I probably had like a 
more of like a skate look, like a '90s skate kid look. Baggy you know, jeans? Like, no, I wasn't even allowed to wear baggy. No, my mom was super fucking strict. My mom was always really, really strict. And then, um, so you're not rebelling against her, but you're like liking the music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was, I wouldn't have been allowed to like dress. You know what no I mean? Baggy like, jeans. I think the rebellious shit back then would have been like kids with like super baggy jeans and like whatever. Like, nah. I remember when it was like you know, because I mostly wore uniform like going to school. But like, I was like, oh, can I get? Can you take me to get jeans at like Miller's Outpost or whatever? And I remember being like the the jeans, the baggiest ones that she would let me get. Like kids still would be like. Look at those fucking tight ass pants. You know, <laughs> yeah. I get clowned on all the time. And so it's like, you know, at the time, like kids would like, you know, like cut their jeans at the bottom. So it's like frayed and shit. And yeah. I remember I was like, all right, she got me these jeans and I was like rocking them. I was like, feel skating and shit. And like, then I was like, ah, oh, all these kids. So I cut the bottom of my jeans. And this is how crazy she is. So like, she, I remember like, I washed, I was always like washing my own clothes at that point. I put, put them on the next time. I was like, what the fuck? I don't remember cutting them this short. You know, it was like short. And then it was like shorter and shorter. And eventually I was like, yo, what the fuck? And she'd be like, yeah, I've been, I've been cutting them like a little bit short every time. Like you, you wash them or some shit. Like, like, why the fuck would you do that? You know, like, like Cause I didn't like you wearing them like that. So like, whatever. She's always like super, super straight. And I was fucking up. You know, I wasn't doing good in school. I was like constantly getting called to like the principal's office. Like it got to the point where they were like, um, at the Catholic school, like, oh, well, maybe we should send him to, the, like, the school therapist or whatever. And then at a certain point, then it was like, okay, then they maybe were like, maybe we should try to have him see, like, I don't know, like, some other there. And it would be like, oh, what do you think is going on? And at 12, you know, you're like, I don't fucking know. Like, I'm just like, I don't know. Like, yeah, I have this, like, crazy shit going on, like, whatever. But, um, but yeah, once, like, skating and punk came into the mix, then it, I'm sure for her, like seeing it now as a parent is like, well, now this fucking he's just obsessed with skating and this music shit like and I was just constantly grounded because I had bad grades. So I was just like alone, like in my room. And like if she didn't take my shit away or like my CDs or away or whatever, like then it was like listening to the radio and, you know, like K-Rock would occasionally have cool shit. And so like. I had a, like a little stereo in my room and I like at when when it was like the Furious Five at nine, it was like the top five like hit songs on K Rock at the time. Like and I'd sit there with the fucking tape player and like a tape, you know, with the with the fucking like either if I had a dub tape or like a tape that you used to have and you put the, the little piece of tape over it so you could record over it. Mm -hmm. And so it'd be like, Oh, this song's tight, I like this song, I remember hearing that boom and you and you'd make your own like little mixtapes like that, like just from hearing shit on the radio. And then um but once I got into high school, then, and so like the one thing I will say about Glendora, so Glendora, like I said, was like, Glendora is like one of those towns where like you see on a, on like a fucking, like a teen movie uh -huh. where you're like, what? High school isn't like this. High school fucking was like that. Like cool kids. Like the whole shit, like terrible like, <laughs> it was like that yeah. where like most people that i talked to like my partner like even other friends that like didn't grow up would be like what and it's like yeah dude out there it was fucking like that shit. it was like the type of bullshit you'd see in the movies um like even like, comically like yeah like, like comically like, <laughs> like for like all right so the rich kids would have these like big old trucks like there was kind of like also an era too where like for whatever weird reason like they would all be into like cowboy shit like okay. all these jocks like adopted this like it's like, fool, you're from fucking, you're nowhere near a farm or a ranch or whatever, <laughs> yeah. but like, 
these fools would be like decked, right? Like cowboy hat, the whole shit, and these like old school like shit kicker trucks. You know what I mean? And they like a few of them would get those like you know like the CB radio type shit and like trucks like that. But any like they would have speakers okay. like where they had the little like oh, know, okay. board type shit. <laughs> yeah, and they, they they would like drive by <laughs> us if we were like skating or like walking home from school or whatever. And be like, what's up, you fucking faggots? And they would just like throw shit out of the car at us. Like, with, like fucking, the mic. <laughs> with the mic. With the mic. With the like CB radio thing. And it had a speaker coming out of the car. <laughs> yeah. so, like kind of how cops have. Like, yeah. how, and so like, you know, it's like they were probably fucking kids of cops. Or like probably went yeah. on to become fucking pigs too. But well, yeah, they, they, they would have that shit. Like whatever, fucking can of soda or whatever the fuck they'd have in the car. You know what I mean? Like a full can of something. And that was so it was like shit like that where you're like what the where the fuck does this happen you know what yeah. I mean like weird shit so like that obviously would push us further into like all right well we're fucking punks and we're like skaters and like fuck the jocks and fuck this shit or whatever but um but yeah because I was like constantly like getting bad grades and like almost like flunking out you know like I would I would be like my relationship with my mom was like real bad at the time. Plus, they were dealing with their own shit. My sister, like, being really sick. So, like, looking... And me and my mom could talk about it now more. And, like, we're cool about that. And yeah. Where she could be like, oh, I could see how you were, like, going through your own shit. Whatever. It's like, it is what it is. But, like, they weren't around a whole lot because they were constantly dealing with my sister or, like, working or whatever. But I was also grounded. And but you respect the grounding. Like, oh, I yeah. Like, I was, I was fucking, yeah, like, terrified of my mom. Like, if I would have gotten caught, it would have been, like, you know, she would always threaten me with the, like, te voy a mandar a Mexico. You're going to go uh, with this one tía in Mexico. And it was, like, it was always that kind of shit. But And were you dressing, like, punk in high school? Or were you, like, like actually going to gig? By or? that point, by, like, freshman year, I probably definitely started, like, delving into, like, you know, like, fucking paint pens and patches on my backpack. And, and how do you remember that story? Oh, she would be pissed off, but I think at a certain point she'd be like, "Well, I'm tired. I, I'm tired. Like I've got this other shit going on, whatever." But um, oh, what I was gonna say about Glendora—the one cool thing about Glendora, especially at that time—is like there was these kids that were like a few years older than me, and they were like well connected with like the the DIY punk and hardcore scene in like Southern California. So like these fools played in bands. Like I don't know if you you have heard of that club, the PCH Club. No, it's like from the like. Maybe it started in, like, the late 90s. It was, like, super famous, like, small little, like, shithole DIY spot in Wilmington. And um, so, like, all of their, like, they went to my high school, but they played in this. They played in this band called Dirty Dirt in the Dirts. And they were, like, connected to that, like, that PCH They're, they're real punks. Yeah, 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 yeah. But, like, they, they weren't, like, punked out punks. I feel like that, that kind of, like, mid to late 90s. They were street where They were like you. Yeah, they were kind of just like normal ish looking, but they were into like underground punk and hardcore. Okay. So like you know there there was the like youth crew revival ish uh, kind of shit, but then there was also the like hyper political punk stuff, and they were kind of like into all of that stuff. So they were into los crudos, and they were into like cars, like. Yeah, like old school punk and they were into 80s punk, but they were also into like the current scene, which would have been like, you know, like Life's Halt was like one of the big ones. And it was cool because they're from South Central. But like, uh, so they were all connected in that way. And like, I remember like 
it was like, oh, I've seen these these kids at school and be like, oh, fuck. Like, you you take note of that type of yeah. shit when you're, like, coming up. You're like, oh, these fucking kids. And, like, I remember they had, like, their band, Dirty Dirt in the Dirt. So they, they played at, like, you know how sometimes, like, a, a classroom, like, an art classroom, they'll be like, oh, a band is going to play in the art classroom on Friday at lunch or some shit like that. And so they played, and I remember, like, going in there, me and my homie Eric, I think, we probably would have went in. Or maybe I didn't even know him at the time. But, um... Going in and seeing them, and it was like they were like a crazy, like hardcore band. Um, and it was like, whoa. And then that really sparked it up. Cause at that point, too, like I'm also getting all of the like compilation CDs, you know what I mean? Like that you'd get at the, like the, oh, I guess, fucking. I wouldn't get CDs. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. You, so this is real, like, yeah, old, <laughs> old shit. But like, yeah, like, cause you couldn't always get like the good album by punk bands at like the. I guess it would be like a record store, a CD store or some shit like that. But like, you know, I get like, I remember like Minor Threat, um, the Minor Threat discography CD and like the first TSOL on CD. And then, you know, like if you couldn't afford like to get a full CD, you could get one of those like compilation ones. It would be like all the British bands or like, you know, all this shit. So it was like I was getting into stuff like that. And then like, um you know like the discord 1981 comp and like the the whatever five seven inches on a on a cd no, that's right um so yeah and and then like with that shit and then like meeting these kids it was like on like that and they like put you on like they brought oh, you in for sure yeah. for sure for sure so like you know i would like with the like my other friends who were kind of more into like i don't know like epitaph and fat records type punk like i would occasionally if i was like lucky enough to not be grounded like i could maybe like convince them to let me go to a show like as high school went on and you know you go to like a show at the glass house or something like that and they were kind of more into that like you know fucking concert like yeah like yeah. skate punk yeah, kind of yeah. shit like that world or whatever but i was always very much like oh, i'm into like 80s hardcore and like old school punk or whatever but i had no idea that there was like a current world of punk that was like the shit I was into. And uh -huh. these kids were tapped into that. Yeah, yeah. So once I got to become friends with them, then it was like, you know, like got to go to like the first time I got to go to like a DIY, like a real DIY, like hardcore show. Um, like I had to fucking lie to my mom and be like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to spend the night at Richard's house. It was like, all right, like, Oh, and we're going to go to a show, put in Pasadena. And actually, I was going with these fools that are going to take me to a show in Wilmington at the PCH Club, which was a like, you're, you're not, you know what I mean? If you're like, mom, I'm going to go to Wilmington with like these guys you don't know. And I'm fucking like 15. Like, fuck no, you're not going to fucking Wilmington. Are you insane? Like, what the fuck business do you have to do over there? But going with them and that was what like broke it to where it was like, OK, now like this is it. Like, this is my fucking whole life. This is my whole world is like this. And that was like the. It was this band No Replies last show. But yeah, so it was like that was kind of like what broke it in. You got to deep into like real like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did you graduate high school? Yeah, yeah. You graduated high school? Barely. Yeah, I had to go to like night school uh, uh, and like the continuation school at night and do like extra credit shit and like, yeah, like so summer school, all that. I barely, but I made it. But I made so it. So what happens after? You graduate high school, you're into punk. And also like, like I guess to make no, it's like. Once you're into like DIY punk, like that shit's cool because you have like, like not like you have like you could do shit. You know what I mean? It's not like there's no like it's like real, but yeah. also like you get exposed to a lot of these like 
you know, crazy, like, you know, you get exposed to shit, you know what I mean? Like, you know, to like, not the average person. You oh, know what I mean? yeah, like, yeah, yeah. exposed to shit. It's like a whole other world. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, there's yeah. like, it's like, uh, even when I was a kid, I was just like, I was like, oh shit, it's like, you know, you just like see people, you know, take bombs and you're just like, okay, cool, like, can I, I want to use the restaurant, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, know, you yeah, just get exposed yeah, to yeah, shit yeah. like that where it's uh, like, oh, like, that's life. Yeah. You know what I mean? But like, you're getting exposed to all these things. Do you ever like, you're like, ah, oh, I should go to college. I should go to like, but nah, why? you're just like I'm gonna it, be a nah, I don't think it ever like, especially for like how bad I did in school and like I barely pulled it together. Oh, but you had no like like nah. you weren't thinking like uh-huh. ahead. You were just nah, like I want punk fucking. I just want to do this. I just want to skate and like do. And that the cool shit is that is like I got to see kids that are a little bit older than me that were like they had graduated high school before and like yeah like some of them had gone to college and all that shit. But because they were also like so immersed in this world. It was like where you'd start really seeing these like, I don't know, like to me they were older, but they were in, at that point they're probably like twenty one mid 20. to late twenties. Yeah, you know what I mean like the people that would be like old heads would be like, oh, this was thirty, you know, yeah, yeah. some shit like that. And you'd be like, what the fuck? You know? <laughs> yeah. But like, and then so once I graduated high school, and then um, my friend Eric had joined a band. Um, with some of those older cats I was telling you about that like really took me in and they had a band called Youth Riot mm. and they I think it was like the month after I graduated high school and they were play- they got offered a show up in San Francisco at this spot called Mission Records and it was like oh we're all go-, you know there is like all my fucking best friends and they're, they're like going up to the bay to play fucking show and I remember just being like begging like can I go with them you know what I mean? Like, I had a job. And, like, I, you know, I had a couple, of like, jobs at, like, from, like, junior and senior high school. So, like, I had a little bit of money, you know, like, not like I saved up or anything yeah. like that, but I at least could rely on, like, a paycheck. And it was like, oh, I got that paycheck of whatever fucking $200 or some shit like that. So, it was like, I got in the car with them and, like, went up. And that was, like, you know, the people that we stayed with in San Francisco, you could definitely be like, oh, these are, like, punk lifers. These are, like, lifestyle. Like, they, they don't just fucking, like, they live it. Like, yeah. this is their whole shit. So, like, going that weekend of, like, going up there, and I remember it was like, oh, I'm going to go for two days, and, like, that was the thing. And on the way up, like, typical shit. Like, the car broke down. It was, like, two cars caravanning up, and the car that I was in broke down in Oakland. And then uh, the other car, for some reason, like, and I, I don't think any of us had cell phones really either back then so it's like they must have kept going and they like crossed the bridge and they went into san francisco we had like a bunch of the gear and people's backpacks and sleeping bags and shit so we had to like get out of the car like i'm holding like someone's guitar and my backpack and someone's sleeping yeah. bag. like all of us were kind of like movie, that like yeah. all walking down the streets of oakland like the car gets towed and then we hop on bart um to head to the gig in san francisco get to the gig to get to the gig get to the gig and fucking uh you know show up and it was like you know and then seeing like that world too it's like this underground shit and like the people we stayed with were super fucking cool like all like really political and like you know they were a little bit older than you know like i said probably like mid maybe maybe late 20s but like that's all they did like they maybe worked some side hustle jobs and worked some jobs here and there but they all like lived together and like punk apartments and like they all just played in bands or did art or did like political shit or did, you know what i mean so that was like my introduction towards like oh like this is their life punk like 24/7. so this could be my life yeah. too you know what i mean like obviously i'll have to work like i don't fucking come from money like that you know where i could just be like a fucking 
Do those fools come from money? Nah. Yeah. Nah, none of the kids that I, like, I really, like, kicked with or, like, became close to from Glendora, they were all, like, more from, like, like, working class, middle class families. Like, nothing like rich kids or anything like that. But it was, like, oh, so that was the, like, oh, this is lifestyle shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so. So, yeah. So. No, nah, I never, I never thought to do college. Like, I didn't want to do it. By that point, it was, like, my mom was fairly like all right if you're gonna do this shit like you gotta move the fuck out because if you're gonna live here you either go to school or you don't you know what i mean so i was like me and her had like a big blow up like one day in my room it was like a weekday my sisters were in school and they were younger and she was like if you're gonna do this like get the fuck out and you have to have all your shit out before your sisters get home because i don't want them to see like whatever because it's gonna fuck them up or whatever wow so i just like i packed up all my shit which was not much i did have a car because i had a job and like I took my mom's car that she drove when I was a kid. Like it's like we, it stayed in the family, and like it was right after high school, and the homies all moved to Long Beach. Like a bunch of those people, like all got a house in Long Beach because they were some of them going to school and whatever. And so I just like slept that we had like this extra room that was like the band room, and like I just slept in between two drum sets, like on a sleeping bag for fucking how long? I don't know, almost. Uh, it was at least six months yeah something like that until a room opened up because someone moved out and then i got that that bedroom but it was always like like i'll work some bullshit job for an, so that i could always keep up the rent and whatever but everything else was like playing in bands going to shows doing punk shit what was your mom thinking about that at the time like, wait, like we didn't really talk a whole lot she didn't know what she oh didn't. i'm sure she was probably like you're a fucking loser like what are you fucking doing you know what i mean like you're a loser at this point you know but i moved out and i was old enough to go so i was like at this point i was like fuck it i'm gone you know what i mean like i'm is, doing this old is there any even thing in your mind that i'm like maybe i should not be doing this or like or or like or there's some sort of like uh like kind of want some comfy like some comfiness back you know what i mean or, nah, or just, nah. i just want to be punk yeah for sure and yeah because it was like we were doing it was like we we're 18 19 years old and like it was easy enough to like be able to like share an apartment or even a small house and like shit wasn't so expensive that you could get away with like you know working like a minimum wage job 40 hours a week and like make ends meet and it was like no nah, like I'm, i wouldn't give the freedom up of that yeah for like a nice school yeah. and like a career you know yeah. at that point like fuck no i wouldn't do that shit. so how long do you live like that for how long did that go on for just being punk and doing punk stuff and like having a random job? Until I was probably like 28, 9. For eight years, you were just going ham. Just like working, playing gigs. Just oh, for doing. probably like longer than that. But I think like it was always, like I said, working some bullshit job. I would constantly like get get a job, keep it long enough, get fired because it would be like I'm calling out because we're going to play some shows in the Bay or like I'm calling out to go to shows like wherever we're following this band up and down the west coast or some shit like that and then I would hustle like getting on unemployment so I would like make ends meet or like you know fucking like shoplift and like sell stuff back to the fucking store like you know you'd, you'd shoplift like some expensive vitamins some from some like health food spot and then be like oh I'm returning this and like I, like just scams and stuff like that but um until like I got the job that I have now, which I was like all in my late twenties, maybe like twenty, yeah, eight. But even at that point, like once I got a full time job, I was, I'm still only doing like you know working a job, but like doing punk shit the whole time. Like if anything, like the that life for me 
didn't slow down until it was like me and my partner were like, oh, do you want to maybe have a kid? Like, is that something? Like, we both kind of came to that. I think, like, I never grew up, like, wanting to have a kid or, like, thought about Like, I, I feel like I always had this, like, natural, like, dad vibe instinct or, like, uh, I wanted to probably, like, deep down. But when you're, but punk, it wasn't, when you're punk, you don't Yeah, have, you're yeah. like, this is my whole, you know, yeah, you don't yeah. want to, like, push your life to the side. But at a certain point, I think we were both kind of like, yeah, I think I kind of want to have a kid. Like, we, we've got a cool relationship. Like, she's a punk. Like, like also, like, you know, like, once so like there's a whole point where like i had lived in long beach like i said with my friends and like we were playing in this band out of vogue and that was like my friend eric and dustin from high school and like we constantly like played shows and like did small tours and like weekends and stuff so we were doing that stuff all in long beach and then for like 10 months so at this point i'm in long beach too i meet austin like mm-hmm. I'm like 19. I meet Austin and this other homie Eddie. You know name? Eddie that that plays like in Volon, like black metal, oh, yeah, yeah. like Black Twilight yeah, circle yeah, yeah, shit. Yeah. yeah. So like him, like they met like our roommates at community college down there, and so like I start being like super close with Austin at that point, and we're like we're jamming in a band that never happened, and um, so like in Long Beach, like we have the whole shit. So like Austin, and then like when I'm in out of Vogue. Sorry, I feel like I'm like super right. rambling. So like, oh, stop yeah, yeah. so I'm in out of vogue. Like, we become super close friends with Hit Me Back. Um, like, Hit Me Back, Abe and Abe, like all those fools, Abe, Albert, Dingy, like Moy, you know, Abe's brother Moy. And so we become super close with them, and that kind of gives me a connection. Then at that point, because like I'm I'm out there in Glendora, and it's like mostly white kids, and even like the DIY scene down here has always been like super brown, like super people of color. Yeah, like yeah. even though there was like a lot of white kids like going to the shows and shit like that. LA true punk is brown. Yeah. Fuck yeah. yeah. Hell yeah. At its heart. Yeah, for yeah. sure. And I, I feel like I missed out on that. Cause as a teenager, like I was out there yeah. but once like we're playing as this band and we become good friends with Abe and hit me back. And then that kind of was the connection into like what's cracking in South central. And like being like super close with Abe, and then you know, everybody loves Abe. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, and then you know like being, and then I'm super close with Austin, and like we're 19, so like we're doing all this shit. But like around, you know, like in the in the moments after like out of Vogue, and I like that's when I like played a knife fight for a bit, and like I was always involved, even like when I wasn't like doing shit or whatever. Like, how did you play a knife fight? Um, from my record, like knife fight's a little bit more hardcore. Yeah, 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 yeah. But still, punk. Like to me, it's like it's hardcore punk. No, it's punk. I mean, it's but I feel like, like I feel like I've heard knife fight more from hardcore kids. Like, yeah, yeah, I've, for I've, sure. I never. I don't hear punk kids talk about knife fight. But I hear like traditional kids who like like Madball. Like be like, oh, yeah. I kind of like no tolerance. And I also like knife fight. I don't yeah, know. but then if you listen to knife fight, no, yeah, yeah, that no. shit doesn't sound. No, like no, no, it doesn't. Madball, and it doesn't sound like. But, carry on you know what I mean or like but kids like, like that. that I don't know yeah I don't no know, for I don't, sure I don't, I, I don't know if it was the members I don't know the gigs we played but I, like I hear a lot of like younger hardware kids like I like you know that. what's funny though but like so when we would like alright we would play like the more capital H hardcore like not punk not hardcore punk but like hardcore yeah like we you know and it is all, all coming out of punk but like we would play shows like that like I, I remember we played a show in Long Beach with Mental. And it must have been like Mental's first tour. Cause they weren't like huge, huge yet. Yeah. 
And I think, you know, like, I always kind of, like, knew about all that shit because, like, I, you know, kind of dabble in a lot. And these would probably be the first times because everybody has to fucking tie in Sam Boston into their stories. So this would be, these were around that time would be probably the first times that I remember seeing Sam at gigs. And it would be at the hardcore because, you know, he came out of that world. Um, but I, seeing, like, Teenage Sam... And like Tim Butcher and like those Sick. those kids, like seeing them, but like we're in different worlds, but whatever. But like Knife Fight playing a show with Mental and like the kids that were su- like when we played, you could hear a fucking pin drop in that spot. It was so like arms crossed and just staring like kids were not into it because it wasn't like, you know, it's still like fast, yeah. crazy or sounding hardcore punk. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they were not fucking with it. So, like, the kids that do come out of the hardcore, hardcore world that are like, oh, yeah, Knife Fight was like, yeah, like, yeah, fuck with those band, people man. weren't into yeah. it. Like, you know what I mean? There was definitely a lot of kids that were into that band, into Knife Fight or whatever. But it would be kids that were more into, like, oh, we're, like, into 80s hardcore and we're into fucking SSD and we're into, like, American hardcore and we're into Youth of the Day. You know, like, shit, like, more on the raw end like that. It's really because, like, punk, like, so she was out, like... There's bands that are hardcore punk, like straight through and through. Yeah. But like, like for example, Negative Approach. Yeah. Like, yeah. Neg- there's more punks that like Negative Approach. Like, punks take Negative Approach. But like for SSD, sure. SSD is a hardcore thing. You know what I mean? Like, they're like hardcore kids take SSD. You know what I'm saying? Like, but but those no, but, but like, yeah, in reality, when you listen to that yeah, shit, it's it, like this shit is fucking crazy. It's not like cookie cutter. Exactly. You know, like, like it's punk as fuck. That's what I'm saying. But yeah. it's like, but like SSD, no, I feel you. Hardcore I feel kids, you. like capital H, hardcore kids love us. Like it's that's a hardcore thing. You know what I mean? Like that's a which is kind of funny. You know what I mean? Like it's 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 weird. Yeah. But um, damn, you're a knife fight. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. And like it's like when I when I when I saw you, I think someone oh, and Sam told me I was like I couldn't believe it because like. Like I said, hardcore kids love knife fight. Mm-hmm. And I don't really hear punk kids talk about knife fight. But so you do this for years. And I also want to mention, we don't have to get too deep into it. It's just like a like a I guess an interesting note. You've been with your partner for a long for a long time. Yeah. How does like like how do you like it's it's an interesting thing when like it's like two punk kids mm-hmm. are in a relationship with like mm-hmm. punk morals, punk mm-hmm. ethics, like but also like trying to like just be normal but, like raising a kid yeah, yeah, yeah you know what i mean like how does like how do you guys make it work like what are some of the cool things you learn and what do, what do you think is like some cool things of like being we're a punk couple that do like like function in this you know we're like because now like now you do like you have a nice house you know what i mean like you have a nice yeah, house you yeah. like have a good job you have yeah. like you know what i mean it's like but you're still a punk right you know what i mean like you're you're making it work right right like you're not just like like you know what i mean like yeah yeah i mean so like I mean, obviously, like, everyone gets into punk for, like, different reasons, right? And, like, I love the, like, aesthetic look of punk. And I love the sound of punk. But the shit that keeps all of us continuing to go is the, like, alternative ideals and, like, for lack of, like, a better term, like, politics or, like, alternative lifestyle, radical ideas, radical community ideas, like... That's what keeps us all doing this shit. That's what keeps you doing a fucking podcast. You know what I mean? Like interviewing these different people that like do shit within this world, whether it's art or fucking music or a zine or whatever the fuck, a podcast. Like it's an online it's, thing. It's yeah. because of the like alternative community. Aspect that's the real like, connect. That's, like, like, that's, that's, the, real, that's the connect. That's exactly, the real connection. Exactly. Yeah. That's the real. Con- so like 
it's like, well, like, why would that be exclusive from like wanting to raise a family? You know what I mean? Like, so like people that are like, oh, I'm never going to have a kid. And it's like, that's great. Like, you know what I mean? But like all of us are going to be like around kids and stuff. So like for us, it was like, all right, we'll have a kid. But if we're going to have a kid, it's like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you're wearing a fucking discharge shirt. And you know what I mean? Yeah. Like bullshit like that. I'm not trying to like push, but like, yeah. I want my kid to know the beautiful things about this world, but also some of the ugly things about this world. I want her to know about injustice. I want her to know about like radical ideas. I want her to know about cool art and music and like indigenous teachings and like, you know what I mean? So like, for us to to do that, it's like, it is also very much like me and her being like, all right, this is how we want to raise a kid. This is how we want to have a partnership. This is how we want to do it within the community that we're already a part of. You know what I mean? And like, I don't, neither of us go out to gigs and shit like all the time anymore. And like, like, yeah, that show that we played the other night with Toscos was like, like sometimes we might play like an all ages show, but you know an all ages show with like an E7 style style show or like yeah. a DIY venue. Like I'm not bringing my fucking kid to some shit like to yeah. the to hang out next to a Nas tank and like people <laughs> yeah. fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like that one was like, oh okay, I could because she's my, like my kid's super into music. She's like really obsessed with the Linda Lindas right now. Okay, like, that's, sick. that's super sick. Into, and we've taken her to see them, but like to see us, like she's never seen me play except for that night. Oh, like, she's seen she's seen Blazing Eye practice. Like well, last, last year we went and played in New York. It wasn't an all ages show, but she came to a practice. And oh. then we practiced that same day before the Terragram show, the Tosco show. She came to that with me. And then she came to the show afterwards. So that was her, her first time like, going to a gig that she saw her so dad. She like this guy would be like, I think yeah, 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 yeah. comes out. And but like, she knows, yeah. like she sees us and she hangs out all of our friends that like we're super close to. Like she, that's, that's a very you know, important. She like, loves Austin yeah. and she loves Ulysses and she like, she sees the world that we're in, but like she also sees us as mom and dad and mom and dad are at work and at and picking her up from school and at her school functions and at her like, you know, like after school functions. And so like, you know, we navigate it like that, but She's we're still us. Right? It's still me. I don't turn on and off like the uh, punk thing, you know okay, what I mean? Okay, like, okay, okay. And neither does Julie, my partner, you know what I mean? And like, we want to raise her in this like, yeah, like, there's a whole nother world outside of what you just see on like mainstream media and TV and shit like that. And so, yeah, we want to we want to show her all the good and bad of it and let her take what she wants out of that shit, too. So it's like. So, yeah, like we raise her like that, you know what I mean? But that doesn't mean that I'm like. You know, like give her a punk name and fucking like <laughs> you're going to listen to these fucking raw ass name. bands or whatever. It's like she hears us listening to everything. She yeah. hears the oldies. She hears the rap. She hears cumbias. She hears like all the shit. You know what I mean? She takes what she likes. And, or even, even like just being like, like how many kids are exposed to Austin? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like in a good way. You know what I mean? How many kids are exposed to like, just yeah, like, yeah. like, just like crazy dude, but then going to school and like, you know, just not like normal sure. kid shit. Like, yeah, like, that's a really cool thing. Like, cause I mean, like, like, like we do talk earlier. Like if you're like, once you're, in like a bubble whether that's like in a mexican neighborhood or it's a white neighborhood or yeah, it's like yeah. it just drives you fucking insane once you yeah, like yeah. once you leave that bubble and you're just like not for sure you know what i mean but uh but would you say you're happy now yeah yeah i mean i 
like everybody else, you you go through, you like, you're not like immune to going through like the fucked up depression or anxiety or whatever. Like, like if anything, like you, you have to hold it together more, you know, to, to keep going to like, make sure this kid has love and like all the things that she needs. So it's like the things that like were before, if I was like, you know, you'd, it's easier to mask like depression and anxiety and shit like that. Like through fucking, you know, like just being high as fuck all day long or like partying constantly. And like, not that I ever like partied, partied like crazy. Like I was fucking high as fuck. Like for most of my twenties, you know what I mean? I can't do that shit anymore. Cause, of, but like all the things that I was masking then are like still here. And I just had like have to find new ways to do that. But like, you know, in the last like year, like I've gone through some really fucked up crazy shit within like in my personal life with like family health and stuff like that. And it's like really pushed my anxiety like to the brink of like constant panic attacks. And like I'm having to be on medication now and shit like that. So it's like, yeah, I am happy and I love the like the life we built and I love this kid and like I want to keep doing this shit but like all the fucked up things that you really go with, away. Man, it do, that shit doesn't go away. You just learn how to deal with it hopefully in like a healthy way. Yeah. You deal with it in a lot of unhealthy ways and you kind of and then you're also like, okay, I need to fucking I need to deal with this like not just for me but for her, you know what I mean? And like our family. So like, yeah, but yeah. So, to answer your question, yeah, I'm happy. Like I like I love the life that I have for sure. For for a long time, you you said like you would just be doing punk, just being punk, yeah, just yeah. being punk. Would you say like you like you're in this place where you have a home, you have you have a kid, you're like you're 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 being you and like having the most successful version of your life that it's possible. Would you say you're more lucky, or deep down you've always kind of wanted like. You know, like, what r- right now, you're not in, like, some punk house. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just, yeah. like, still, like, doing the same thing. Would you say you're more lucky? Or deep down, you feel like you've always worked towards, like, I want to be punk, but I kind of want to have this, like, stability. I feel like there's always that part of me that's like, oh, I feel like I'm just, like, lucky or lucky. But, like, nah. Like, yeah. Like, I've always worked towards, you know, and it, it all is, isn't always just, like, work, like, working for a paycheck. Like, yeah. work, though I've always done that. But like working towards this, yeah, like the, it didn't happen on accident. Like, yeah, it, it took a lot of thought and a lot of like, you know, putting work in. Or even like a relationship, like yeah, actually putting like, work into a relationship, relationship. Yeah. not just with my partner, but putting work into the relationship of like building a punk community, sustaining a punk community. You know what I mean? Like all of that shit is work. It's all putting in work. And it's like you could see the parallels of like putting in work to raise a family. Um, yeah. There, there, there. Yeah, we just wrapped up something here. But um, anything else you want to say? I mean, if you want to pause it or like we could go into a different room or something uh, like that.